Hi, deho there, all you boys and girls out there in Radio Film School Land. Normally, during the week between episodes of the main show, we have what we call a short ends episode. Short ends are short mini documentaries centered around some cinema related topic. But today, I wanted to piggyback off of last week's show and the women in film segment. Last month's letter by Jennifer Lawrence about pay inequality in Hollywood has helped to make this a hot topic as of late. And in the process of creating this women film series for Radio Film School, I have so many great interviews to share. So today, we have a special bonus episode of the main show, Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. Enjoy. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. By far, one of my favorite TV shows growing up was I Love Lucy. Now, just to be clear, I'm not talking about the original episodes. I'm not that old. Of course, I'm talking about when it was in syndication. That show was, and in my humble opinion still is, one of the funniest shows that ever graced the small screen. So why don't you join the thousands of happy, happy people and get a great big bottle of Myrometer Midgemint? Remember that name. Miss McGillicuddy, hmm? are you feeling all right? Oh, I feel fine, but it's awful hot in here. <laughs> Must be the light. Lucy was a character that was both endearing and frustrating all at the same time. She was funny, quirky, crazy. Because she was such a goofball, you'd almost forget how beautiful she was. You also might not realize that her on-screen wacky and loopy persona was far from who she was in real life. For Lucille Ball was hands down one of the most powerful people in Hollywood. Last week during the main show, our middle segment was the start of a series about women in filmmaking. Over the past couple of months, I've been interviewing women from every aspect of the industry. One of my interview sessions was with a four-person panel. Emmy Award-winning producer and executive director of the National Film Festival for Talented Youth, or NIFTY for short, Stephanie Malone. Nancy Chang, the executive director of Real Girls. Ryan Davis, co-founder of indie film PR and marketing agency Smart House Creative. And Sheila Andrine, CEO of IndieFlix. In light of the fact that we're also in the middle of a series about the importance of studying the masters, I thought it was apropos that Sheila made this comment, which led me right into the question of today. Someone asked me once, who are your role models? I don't have any women role models. I mean, there are women, I, but they weren't the ones I actually knew and interacted with. They were all men. Yeah. So I think as women, we should definitely pluck some other women out and, and help them. Well, Sheila, that was a perfect... That's like a lob for my next question. A, a question that I frequently ask my guest is, and it's actually one of the things that you know we're exploring here uh, on the on the show this season is is studying the masters. Like, one is it important for filmmakers nowadays to study the masters? Um, and then two, um, who are those masters? And um, admittedly, all the ones, that, all the names that come up, Kurosawa, Ford, Ophuls. Um, even as contemporaries like you know Scorsese, Hitchcock, they're all men. 
And so the question I pose for you today is, uh, who are the quote unquote female masters? And and I don't mean like today, I mean like a female filmmaker pre-70s that you could point to and say, oh yeah, if you're a filmmaker, you need to study her. Um, I, I admittedly don't know of any, um, but you know, I haven't really studied it as much. Maybe, I, I would you know. say it's going to be more non-traditional. I mean, Maya Darren was an incredible experimental filmmaker. That was Stephanie Malone of Nifty. Um, she was a dancer. That I mean, that was at a time. Gosh, when was she? Was she the fifties? She might have been a little earlier than that. But um, a, but a pioneer in experimental filmmaking. But that wasn't that wasn't a traditional role. She wasn't waiting for someone right. to to pick her to make it in Hollywood. And I'm a big documentary fan, and so I, one of my favorite documentary filmmakers is uh, Barbara Koppel, who did Harlan County, USA. I mean, she's uh, contemporary within the 70s, and she makes great films still today. I mean, I would consider her one of the masters of her craft for sure. Um, but I think it's harder because, I, you know, I mean, like the civil rights movement, I mean, there's a lot that's happened in the last 40 years, and it's it's harder to point at times back, you know, in the 40s and the 50s of when women were making film because there was an expectation that they were making dinner. The maker of collective destruction, choose to attend the devil's mansion, see the woman as a body with one function, not open to discussion or any kind of trust and roll it down a substance. When we got nothing or something, awful disgusting, the theory's been pussing and bleeding, only worry about the hairline, repeat him, deceive him. I started watching I Love Lucy episodes with my, my little boys. Um, which has been fun, right? Fun to watch. And when we sit there and we watch it, what I had to do is I was like, oh, <laughs> see, isn't this funny? They expected that Lucy was, you know, Ricky's really mad because she hadn't made him breakfast yet. Isn't that hilarious? This is a different time. Right, no kill. Make your feminine side. Love you despite who made you cry and who let you die. We forgive you with a sigh, but please do not deny all the slaves that helped you build this. All the women that gave your kids a kiss. That's ironic that you use that as an example because... You know, I'm I, I'm not uh, I, I'm a Lucy expert, but <laughs> but you know, Lucille Ball was a powerhouse for sure. And, Look at me, yeah, absolutely. She, and she and Dizzy, to my understanding, both co-owned that yeah. that TV show, right? Yeah. And so, um, seems like a perfect opportunity for your sons to say on the show she's this, but did you know she actually yes. controls half of this TV show, which was the I mean, I think I Love Lucy and Stay was even bigger than what a lot of TV shows are. I was being really literal and just thinking about films, and I do that sometimes, but Lucille Ball was tremendous in as a comedian and a writer and a producer, and she changed television. They came up with a three-point camera system that they still use today on television comedies and dramas. I mean, she, uh, she was amazing on so many levels. That have been forgive all who you won't mention. And when it comes to women in the early 1900s or early to mid-1900s, the women that have always inspired me are the women that were in front of the camera. That is Nichelle Protho, vice president at Sandra Moses Productions, the production company behind the hit show Reckless on Netflix and chief operating officer of SLAM. And those women were extremely skilled and talented. They could sing, they could dance, they could act. They could... And many times they also worked behind the camera as producers, whether they got the credit or not. You know, they, you know, Lucille Ball being a really great example of someone who really understood the television medium 
and was fantastic in front of the camera, but worked her tail off with her husband behind the camera as well to make the Lucille Ball show what it was. So I, I think that all individuals and women in particular who are entering the business need to study the women that came before them. I was just going to emphatically agree with, with that, but all of my example that I was going to give, especially when you mentioned Lucille Ball, was um, actresses of the, the 30s and 40s. That's Ryan Davis of Smart House Creative. I think that there was a lot more agency that, that we don't give a lot of those women credit for, the, the sort of broads, those characters. And I would say that, that that's just an important female uh, archetype to study, to go back and watch um, those movies with those, the fast-talking career woman. Um, I mean, there's even some Doris Day movies where she's like a career woman who's not interested in sex and not interested in necessarily getting married right away. And that's sort of women who know Know what they want who aren't just like flitting through life is not you know we see a lot of charming characters today um there's the Greta Gerwig archetype now but um but that, that those tough ass broads you don't see as much and then there are women like um like Rosalind Russell that that owned their careers um and Ida Lupino to a certain extent she always comes up but she also gave it all up to get married so three times I think <laughs> but um so so I don't know she comes up a lot and I sort of always shrug and say like yeah I wish she wasn't the only one because they always think about directors but if you think of Ida Lupino more women had a lot more ownership of their careers than we gave them credit for um in the 30s and 40s um, and they're just sassy role models mm -hmm. like I think for me those are the, the women that I would look to as fun and, and confident. And my two that I thought of were Mae West and Cindy Sherman. That's Natchi Chang of Real Girls. Oh, and just in case you hadn't checked the show notes, Real Girls is spelled R-E-E-L-G-R-R-L-S.org. They do great work helping middle school and teen girls learn about cinema and media production. And I think Cindy Sherman, mostly, you know, for her pho photographic work and the narratives of, of how she wanted women, you know, flipping all the stereotypes. Um, but I think most of her film work wasn't until past the 70s. Um, but yeah, that's all mostly like uh, experimental art film type things. And then I think Mae West was more like a screenwriter or she became a writer. She, you know, definitely acted, but then took her power of like um, the, the vaudeville stuff to to film. Uh, so those are the two that I was thinking of. But yeah, Lu Lucille Ball. I was actually thinking when I read that question that it, I went to more of the actresses who were so strong that they kind of controlled the directors as well. That's Sheila Andrine, the CEO of Indie Folks. Yeah. Like yeah. the Marlena Dietrichs. Sure. And the, um, Betty Davis's of the world, but then like even Nora Ephron, you know, she oh, was someone, right, right. I was so not into like experimental film or anything. I, I mean, I was more so in music, but in, and I grew up watching Gilligan's Island and Bewitched and I was an only kid and, you know, and so I was, um, I, I liked when Barbara Streisand took the helm and did Prince of Tides and was such a control freak on the set and, you know, like all the stories you hear and I worked on the Sony lot for many, many years and heard tons of stories and it was just those women were really strong and told great stories as well. But yeah, and we didn't even talk about Mary Pickford. Um, and right. 
Yeah. yeah. Who started, started helped start in Hollywood. Yep, yeah. with uh, Charlie Chaplin and yeah. Douglas yeah. Fairbanks. Yeah. yeah. The, they were the the true, like, they're indies. They were creating independent films, yeah. and then, of course, it turned into Hollywood. And then if you look at today, like the Lena Dunham's and the Amy Schumer's and the, you know, like, women who are taking taking the lead and, you know, controlling every, every aspect of it. You mentioned Prince of Tides, right? Yeah. So I always remember the Oscars from that year because Billy Crystal hosted. Don't tell me not to make this film I've got to. If someone takes a flop, it's me and not you. I've simply got to make the film The Prince of Tides. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I remember he was doing his opening number, and I distinctly remember him saying something like, he was mentioning everyone who was nominated, and he said something like, Seven nominations on the shelf, did this film direct itself? It was a clear nod to the fact that she wasn't nominated for directing that movie that year. And of course, you know, camera cuts to her, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, the two <laughs> leads were nominated for for their roles. Do you think that was it because she was a woman? I don't know. Someone mentioned that she wasn't too good, like she was hard to work with on set. Could I that think have been so. It? I worked on Party of Five, and we inherited the show. set, so we all like connected with the people who had worked on Prince of Tides and the stories we heard were <laughs> endless. No eye contact, don't touch her particular food. Like, I mean, it was, she was intense and very, very difficult to work with. But everyone did consistently say she was genius. But she made it impossible to work with her. I mean, she was just so difficult. What I really appreciated about what all of these women had in common was a deep understanding of the past, of who was who, knowing names like Maya Darren and Barbara Koppel, both of whom I had to Google, just being honest. I think Nichelle at Santa Moses summed it up well. Because this is the only way that we can actually do better as we move forward in the future is to understand our history. Mm-hmm. So, so that goes for filmmakers overall, but, but also in particular for women. You have to understand the struggle of women so that you never forget it and you appreciate the struggle and that you work hard to pave the way for the women that are going to come after you. The maker of collective destruction choose to attend the devil's luncheon. See the woman as a body with one function. I'd open to discussion or any kind of trust and will it down the substance. We'll continue this conversation with these and many other professionals in the coming episodes. And I also do ask my women guests other questions about filmmaking. So it's not like I only talk to them about this topic. I mean, how ironic would it be if I get all these women on my show that only ever talk to them about the plight of being women? So stay tuned for more inspiring and insightful interviews with both men and women about what it means to be a filmmaker. The patriarchy to bed. Yeah, you heard right, that's what I said. Too many kids dead or ain't been fed. Too many indigenous have bled. Yeah, we're putting the patriarchy to bed. The one outside and inside our head. We planned it all, we've made our own bed. Time to awake, evolve, and defend. I'm not saying no men will lead. The many in power that we need to be way. Show us to the light. Show us they nurture the feminine sight. Cause something has not been right. You can feel it even if you ain't been paying no attention. It shows up in everything you mention.
attention and feel you are an extension of what is real. Radio Film School is a production of Dear Dreamer FM. You can find this and other resources for professional creatives to help you grow in your craft and career at daredreamer.fm. Music was curated from freemusicarchive.org and Song Freedom. Song Freedom helps support the show, so be sure to visit songfreedom.com slash radio and use the offer code radio to get yourself a free standard level gold license worth $30. You can support the show by visiting Song Freedom or by leaving us a rating and review in iTunes. But even more than that, share this episode with two people you think would be inspired by today's topic. You can follow me on Twitter at DareDreamerFM and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. We're also on Facebook.com slash Radio Film School. Next week, we're back with our Mind Your Master series. Until that time, remember, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. With no remorse, I honor each of you for all your darkness and your light. And the integration can now begin this night. But the more Lucy drinks, the drunker and the funnier she gets. Well, I'm your By the time she's done testing Vita Mita Vegemin, Lucy is nearly on the floor, and so are we. It's so tasty, too. Her timing was, was just it was brilliant. You know, people say, well, how, how come it lasted so long? That's and why. Desi said once, he said, somebody said, what do you think, you know, why does it last so long? He said, well, he said, I think you can give about 90% of the, of the credit to Lucy and the rest of us can take the other 10%. Yeah, which is pretty true.